Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the face of the franchise for LI News Radio. He is absolutely terrific. He's the morning show host of LI in the AM. Jay Oliver is our very special guest. And uh, he. Uh, he had a great segment the other day, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone texted me about it and wanted to get him on my show uh, to talk about it. And he was talking about a letter, a very ill-advised, insensitive, to say the least, insensitive letter sent out by our county um, district attorney here in Suffolk, Tim Sinney. And it had to do with the, the Thomas Valva case and uh, just absolutely amazing that this judgment would be made. Uh, Jay Oliver, how are you? Sir, how are you? It's great to be on with you, Frank. Great to be on with you. Listen, thrilled to have you. And, you know, again, your um, your statement that you made on this, basically it was the first time anyone has said anything. I, I don't think there's been anything written about this. Uh, certainly, in, informally there was, but I don't think Newsday has covered it. I don't think any of the, the local papers have covered it yet. I guess it's still too new. But can you give people a rundown of what exactly happened? Uh, and it, it starts with Tim Sinney. Well, you know, one of the great things, Frank, that what we do on LI News Radio when we broadcast is we are going into a consolidated type situation, a local type situation. See, that's the beauty of radio. And, you know, we've all had our careers where we've gone in different directions. I've certainly had a few different angles as far as my career and everything else in broadcasting. But, you know, I've said this a million times when people ask me, you know, the most coveted time of my career is my present time as far as broadcasting in the mornings on LA News Radio. Why? Because we hit locally. We hit a Long Island area, both counties, by the way, in which we have a vested interest as far as our listenership. Uh, we pretty much handle all aspects of what happens to our Long Island and surrounding areas. And that's the beauty when you do localized radio. Now, in this particular case, it was brought to my attention uh, where we're coming upon, you know, electoral season. Hard to believe we got another one coming into play here. And with that, you know, comes word of the fact that the district attorney for Suffolk County, who is running for reelection, uh, had sent out mailers, and in the mailers, it was disclosed in a picture form with verbiage of the Valva case, the individual sitting at hand in Michael Valva as far as a former police officer, and we know the story regarding his eight-year-old son, deceased, put in a freezing cold garage way back January, uh, a year and a half ago. And in essence, passed away from hypothermia, uh, you know, just the start of alleged uh, abuse at the hands of this police officer, former police officer, and his then fiance, former fiance, allegedly, uh, in that of Angela Polina. So basically what Cini is saying is, you know, as a district attorney, he handles everything, crimes, whatnot, uh, you know, and he is at hand watching everybody's back for Suffolk County. I took exception to that because I took exception to the fact that this is nothing more than exploitation. How in the world, and I came down hot in my five-minute rant the other day, of how could you possibly, Tim Sinney, use the mindset of an eight-year-old 
deceased at the hands of these two, allegedly, the abuse and everything else. And listen, everybody knows the, the history. Everybody knows the timeline here leading to this this eight-year-old's death. And to put that in picture form and the fact that you are sending these out for your own very purpose of trying to get reelected was absolutely deplorable. And you know something? I find myself to be a very fair guy as far as a broadcaster. Yeah. I like to uphold high standards from what I see elsewhere in the media and whatnot. You know what I'm talking about sure. as far as bias and everything else. I like to think that I have standards. I have ethics. I don't favor one party or the next party. Everybody knows that. I get everybody on. I don't care if you're green, yellow. It doesn't matter. Whatever party you want, libertarian, of course, Republican, conservative, independent, Democrat, I get them all on. Because I believe the people need to hear the voices. But when I saw this this flyer, whatever the heck it was, it was sent to me via text. I flipped out internally. I had to tell you, I flipped out, Frank. You can't exploit an eight-year-old like that by basically trying to elevate your own very self into re-election. I'm sorry. That was completely out of line. It was a mindset. I cannot believe that was used. And it was it was despicable. It was such a disgrace. I was floored by it. I got to be honest with you. It only took me five seconds, by the way, five seconds to formulate an opinion internally. Amazing. Uh, let me just remind folks, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Jay Oliver, voice of the morning in LI News Radio. And uh, he is the face of the franchise for us. And we're talking about the exploitation uh, of an eight-year-old, a dead eight-year-old who tragically died. And and we're going to see all, we are going to see all types of things come out over the next couple of months, right before it gets to trial. Jay Oliver is here to talk about it. And Tim Sinney, the the DA of Suffolk County, uh, used this situation, this horrible tragedy, to, I, I, I should just put an addition on here for a fundraising letter. I don't know if Jay got the fundraising letter, but it was a fundraising letter to say, basically, I need funds. If you want me to do these type of things, I need you to give me funds for my reelection, which is despicable. And that's the one part of it. And the second part of it is uh, is the the legal aspect. You know, first of all, we don't know whether it's legal, completely legal what he did, um, but we know that people are going to bring it up to all kinds of uh, agencies, the Bar Association and Grievance Committee and all types of things will happen there. But a, a big concern is is a potential mistrial. And, you know, is there a poisoning of the jury pool? He sent out, from what I understand, uh, thousands, thousands of, of these letters to to people asking them for funds on the, you know, again, on the on the terrible tragedy of Thomas Valva, eight-year-old who uh, died of hypothermia in uh, in a garage, a freezing cold garage, and Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Jay Oliver. Uh, Jay, from the from the legal aspect, and I know it's this is fresh, but have you spoken to anyone? Uh, and have you know? I know you you speak to you know all different folks on uh, on your show. Have you spoken to anybody about the legal ramifications of this? Could this uh, present a problem? in the trial and is it the type of thing where tim sinney may have to 
recuse himself or get himself, uh, you know, away from this case because he, uh, mis, uh, you know, misused this, uh, this situation and inappropriately used this. Uh, do you think that could come up? Yeah, I mean, you know, and you make a great point because if you're sending out, I don't know how many of these things are sent out as far as distribution, you know, you're trying to get funds, you're trying to raise money and everything else for your own very self as far as trying to get reelected here. I mean, can you imagine the jury pool? Can you imagine? Now, listen, you're going to jury selection and everything else coming to play here very soon. I mean, could you imagine the taintedness as far as the ramifications of what's going on here? I mean, that is unbelievable. So, in essence, you know, you have to think in some sort of fashion here from a legal sense that there could be some serious, serious ramifications. You know, this is a domino effect as far as something gone awry here, okay? And, you know, it's a big case that's going to be tried. One of the bigger cases in a very long time. A long list. We've had a lot of cases as far as what's happening here, Frank. And in essence, you have some serious stuff here of how this could play out in the court. You're going to have lawsuits. You're going to have a lot of stuff here. I mean, listen, this trial is not even started yet. And all of a sudden, we have some intense type situations as far as what could happen. Amazing. Uh, Frank McKay here once again. Jay Oliver, voice of L.I. in the AM and the face of the franchise for L.I. News Radio. Thrilled to have Jay here with us. Uh, Jay, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the sentencing of the the man that Tim Sinney replaced. And that was uh, Tom Spoda and Christopher McPartland. And for for this to happen... To this, you know, this scandal uh, of, of uh, you know, could be great magnitude of Cine, and we're in the genesis of it now, utilizing the death of an eight-year-old. It, it's it's coming right before, I think he released it right before the sentencing of uh, his predecessor and Chris yeah. McPartland. And, yep. uh, you, you know, quick thought on the, the sentencing of Spoda and McPartland. Well, Frank, I thought actually he got off light. You know, when you think about it, yeah. I mean, listen, Joan Azraq, basically, you know, she put a lot of thought and process into this thing because the sentencing reduction, or at least they tried to the week before, Azraq said, no way. We're going 57 to 71. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. And he got 60 months. Now, listen, there's going to be an appeal. If you think Spode is going to jail uh, on December the 10th, think again, there'll be an appeal. It's going to be a lengthy process. Eventually, uh, he will get behind bars at some point in time. Same with Chris McPartland. He's scheduled uh, November the 10th, I believe. But in essence, I thought it was light. I thought it was very light for a lot of reasons. When you have a post that you're in charge of, uh, district attorney folks, that's huge, okay, because that's a powerful, powerful job. Okay. Powerful job. And when you look at this and when you look at the trust and everything else involved with this, the job at hand from what a district attorney does and to see what has occurred in the life of Tom Spoda as far as the abuse of power. And this was nothing less than sheer abuse of power. You know, we've always said 
look what happened to the governor is Andrew Cuomo and Tom Spoda. And I always said there's a common thread there. And that thread, Frank, is sheer abuse of power, greed, because that's what happens when guys are in post a little bit too long, as in the case of what happened here with Tom Spoda. Now, Tom Spoda, in his day, and I have said this a lot, you know, there was nobody better at a job. Yeah. And he did a, a big job. He took down gang members. He took down drug cartels, busted up drug rings. I went to many a press conference, and I've stated this many times on the air, in which on display was the weaponry, the drugs, the cash, the posters of the individuals arrested. Tom did a great job, okay? He did a wonderful job. But with that comes a dark side of an individual as far as when they get a little too much as far as the avaricious nature of it all. And I think that's what happened to Spoda. Now, there's history here, and I've said this all along. When you put a Tom Spoda, a Chris McPartland, his top top aide over the years, and you throw in a Jimmy Burke, the former chief of the department, as far as Suffolk County Police, you know what? That's a dangerous concoction as far as what did happen. And when you add everything up, this was a three-headed monster. I mean, this was a correlation as far as the Sopranos' own ring itself, but in real time in our neck of the woods. This is what went on over the years. And what happened with Christopher Loeb and everything was just one example of the abuse of power that Tom Spoda exemplified here. And it's a dangerous way as far as expression of power is concerned. The obstruction, the conspiracy, the cover-up. And when you look at the cover-up and the threats, and that's why Detective James Hickey's testimony was so vital. And what they tried to do, Attorney Alan Villingrad representing Tom Spoda, trying to tear down the Hickey test. The Hickey testimony was a centerpiece. It was the heartbeat of this Spoda trial. And what Hickey had stated, the fact that they tried to quell, they tried to threaten, they fire you, they go after your family if you didn't cooperate. Look what the deal with Steve Levy for crying out loud. Uh, and And basically sending sending Levy on his way and the essence of it all. And that's why I thought Azraq would even come down a little tougher. But you know what? I thought it was okay. And I think a lot of people, and if you even read a comment maybe from a Christopher Loeb, you know, take it from what it's worth from a Christopher Loeb. But there's a lot of satisfaction as far as what went on and believe me behind closed doors i think there was a lot of satisfaction for how he operated in his position as well as mcpaul and burke it's uh, listen all great points one of the things that uh, that i keep pointing out and i pointed out on the list series is that balone appointed burke and uh, steve balone our county executive pointed appointed jimmy burke and he did so without Spoda knowing about it until the last, you know, last minute. I was there for the sentencing, and it it was uh, it was it was interesting. And the the feds kept saying, well, you know that that Spoda and McPartland both put in a letter, and I know that was done after it was a, a done deal. And Spoda had said to me, and I, I let him know that I was doing a a, a Lisk series, and I, I spoke to him about uh, Jimmy being appointed. Uh, Jimmy Burke being appointed 
to a police chief without him knowing it. And he said he was furious when he was answering. He said, Frankie, it was a punch in the effing gut. It was a punch in the effing gut. He said, I never would have stood in the way of Jimmy, but the way Ballone did it and the way Strickoff and Ballone and, uh, and Jimmy went around my back. He said it was a punch in the effing gut. He said, I never would have stood in his way. You know, but he, he didn't like not, uh, not being clued in on that. But you got to wonder, right? It's Jimmy Burke with all of this time. Uh, Tim Sinney was his boss for 15 months. And after yeah. the, the Loeb situation happened, he was never penalized. Tim Sinney never penalized Burke. And they were very close. They were buddies. Hey, buddy, I just talked to, I just talked to a witness in the case and, and spoke on, on background. So I could say it, but I don't want to say who it was. And and he was there, and he said when Sinny saw Burke, he was, hey, how's it going? But this is after the Loeb situation, and uh, after the whole situation went, and and Ballone, too, neither Ballone or Sinny uh, disciplined Burke whatsoever. They they were either scared stiff of him, or. Uh, he just had, they were just in league with him. And, and again, Jay Oliver is our very special guest, Frank McKay here. And Jay is the voice of LI in the AM. And he's the face of the franchise here for LI News Radio. He's absolutely terrific. And we're talking, uh, you know, about Tim Sinney and, and his using the, the tragic death of Thomas Valva to, uh, to raise funds and to, uh, you know, Basically, he's exploiting this situation. What kind of ramifications will it have? Will it affect the Volva uh, case? Certainly pulled poor judgment. But the one thing, Jay, I'll say this before I turn back to you, is uh, is that DA's office, that DA's office is littered with Jimmy Burke-influenced folks. I mean, it's, it's the same office, basically. It's just a younger guy in Spoda. And Spoda, of course, had the experience and had, had accomplishments and and Sinny um, certainly doesn't have that. You know, he's just got there, but he's a young guy without a lot of experience. And and quite frankly, um, it's uh, it's it's scary when you see him make a judgment call on on an eight year old kid uh, being used in a campaign literature and and in a, you know fundraising literature that could end up putting the the case in jeopardy. Uh, Jay, but reaction to to everything. I mean, this is a. This is a system of corruption in Suffolk County that uh, well, we haven't seen. You know, this has been a tough week, Frank. You know, it's been a tough week. It really has. And I said that uh, on Tuesday um, into Wednesday, and we had a slew of guests. And you look at what happened with the governor with a resignation, stepping away, he had to, no question. You look at Tom Spoda. If you go back in time and just see everything, I mean, you know, and I said this uh, throughout the week, you know, we have a history of corruption. You know, we just do. And if you look throughout this, not only Long Island, but the state, I mean, it's just it's terrible. And and you want to rid you. You want to rid yourself of this stuff. OK. And sometimes by doing that. OK. You need a cleansing. Somehow, there is a stench still coming out of this DA's office. Now, I don't know what it is, quite frankly, but it's a stench. And somehow, this type of behavior, okay? And I'll tell you another thing. With the Cuomo resignation, we didn't hear anything from Tim Seney. At least I don't think I did. I get press releases all over the place. Nothing at all. 
I didn't I didn't get high to hair as far as what Tim Cini thought. Steve Malone came to the party a little bit late, but at least he came to the party. But the thing is, I didn't hear anything from Cini. You know, sometimes we become so politically magnetized, it's disgusting. It really is. And you hope, you just hope from an alignment of party affiliation that it doesn't silence people because we can't be silent anymore. We got to keep discussing. I even said this after the Cuomo resignation. He's part of a long list now. You throw him in with the Alan Hevesies of this world, you know, former state controller. You throw him in with the guys like Elliot Spitzer and David Patterson, former governors. You throw him in with the likes of a Joe Bruno, okay? Remember Joe Bruno back in the day? Very powerful state Senate majority leader. Throw him in with an Anthony Weiner, okay? We know what happened with Weiner. Throw him in with a Shelly Silva, okay? Skelos. Former state Skelos. assembly speaker, right? Uh, I go on and on. You want, to, you want to throw in? How about locally? Why don't we go locally? You know, it's only fair we throw in another locally. Why don't we go with a guy like Dean Skelos, okay? A former state Senate majority leader. Disgrace. Uh, and why don't we throw in a guy like an Eric Schneiderman who just came to my mind? I think it's unbelievable, right? But this is a guy, a former state attorney general, who stepped down a couple of years ago. I mean, bombshell allegations of physical abuse and harassment. Uh, for many women from Schneiderman. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, sometimes you got to clean house, you know, and you're going to see it when the next governor takes the reins on August 24th. I like what she said. Now, I don't like a lot of the policies from what I hear, but I do like the fact that she is cleaning house. Cleaning house of stench is key because that's the only way you rid yourself of this disgrace, okay? And if it means more of a cleaning out. Now, the problem is, okay, when we come to election time, and I say this all the time, sometimes people really have to use their heads because we talk about term limits. And I always say we have term limits all the time because we have a right to not reelect individuals who have done us wrong, okay? But we forget sometimes. And that's why maybe, just maybe, we should Im impose limitations. Listen, I've always said a president of the United States deserves one term, make it six years. I think six years is long enough. Six years is plenty of time for accomplishment. And maybe if they don't have to think about the reelection portion of their time, they could get things done even more so. I think it's important. I think we really kind of have to look as far as keeping these guys in just for a certain amount of time. I, I really believe that. I mean, Tom Spoto, 15 years. Andrew Cuomo was going on a fourth term if things were going to go his way. I mean, it gets to a point where we really have to think about ridding ourselves of this type of nonsense. Amazing. And I got to tell you, this current DA really set me off this week when I saw that picture of Valve in the courtroom. I'm sorry. It did. Terrible. Because an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old, was abused, allegedly, at his hands. And that's the picture of your run for office again and trying to seek donations? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Shame. And that's what I have to say. Absolute shame. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Jay Oliver from LI in the AM. We're talking about the horrendous situation that's uh, that that happened with uh, Tim Sinney, the current DA of Suffolk County, using the death 
uh, of Thomas Valva, eight-year-old Thomas Valva, uh, in a campaign literature and, and a fundraising ask. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.